Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crutch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. In 2019, the Tennessee Titans, behind a career resurgent performance by quarterback Ryan Tannehill, shocked the world and made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. But last season, their run ended much earlier as they lost a hard-fought wildcard playoff battle against the Ravens. Yet last season's heartbreaking finish has not deterred the Titans from having their eyes set on far bigger things in 2021, and that was made perfectly clear in a blockbuster move they made just a few weeks ago. Just how good can things get in Music City this year? Joining us to answer that question and a lot more is my main man, one of the best and coolest cats in the business, Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans for ESPN. What's up, TD? It's great to have you back on the program. Hey, what's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you being on as always, TD. And uh, just a few weeks ago, as I alluded to in the intro, the Titans acquired future Hall of Fame wide receiver Julio Jones in a 2023 sixth-round pick from the Atlanta Falcons in exchange for Tennessee's 2022 second-round pick and 2023 fourth-round pick. Now, you add Julio Jones, who could still play at a very high level, to a Titans offense that is arguably the best running back in the NFL in Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, who has grown into a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL after just two seasons in the league, and a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, who has played at a Pro Bowl level for the last two years. Does the acquisition of Julio Jones make the Titans the most dangerous offense in the entire National Football League right now? No, I wouldn't say the most dangerous offense in the league. You, I mean, as long as the Chiefs are playing, <laughs> and I saw firsthand just some of the sauce that Kelsey puts on his routes and with Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, uh, that offense is the most explosive and it's not really a conversation. And you got Clyde Edwards Alaire, who's a very good player as well. Oh, you most certainly do. And uh, another big reason why you're justified in that answer, in my opinion, is that the Titans uh, lack depth at the skill positions behind Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. Which Titans offensive skill position players do you expect to play the biggest role outside of those three this season? Yeah, I think Anthony Ferks or the tight end is going to have a big role, and especially in the, in the red zone. Mike Vrabel's already said that he'll be featured there, and, you know, he has a nice little thing with his routes as far as being able to create space, and he has a connection with Ryan Tannehill, so those guys will absolutely take advantage of that. And He's a guy that they'll actually go to in, in, in you know, those type of situations, like the third and short, where you need something there as well. Yes, and another um, uh, potential uh, contributor is Josh Reynolds, who they signed as a free agent, uh, formerly of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, do you see him being the number three wide receiver in 11 personnel packages? Yeah, I would imagine he'll be the number three receiver. The good thing about that for the Titans is all three of those guys are very capable of playing, you know, inside or outside. So it, it gives them a nice mix of versatility to work with. Indeed, yet for the Titans to go the distance, they are going to need far, far better play from their defense, and their defensive woes start up front as they've arguably had the most anemic pass rush in the league in recent years. To address that issue, the Titans signed former Steelers pass rushing outside linebacker Bud Dupree to a five-year deal worth up to $85 million. However, Bud Dupree is also coming off a torn ACL that he suffered late last season. When is the earliest we can expect Bud Dupree to be on the field in 2021? Well, I mean, it looks like he'll be out there at some point during training camp. And you're seeing some of the things that he's doing as far as <laughs> on the field, right? Uh, work with, you know, you see his IG, some of those posts and, and the work that he's doing. And it's definitely impressive. So I think he may be back a little bit normal 
uh, uh, sooner than, than, you know, than normal. Oh, that is excellent news for a Titans team in urgent need of a pass rush, especially for all that money they threw at Bud Dupree. They're going to need him early and often this season. And let's talk about this uh, 2021 Titans draft class for a minute. And I was actually very, very impressed with this draft class, especially in the first three rounds where they got excellent value everywhere. In the first round, they selected Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley, who probably would have been a top 10 pick if it weren't for his back issues. And in round two, they got a potential decade-long starter at offensive tackle who could play either left tackle or right tackle in North Dakota State's Dylan Radins. And in round three, they added some much-needed inside linebacker depth with Monty Rice out of Georgia and got a potential gem dare I say gem. This was one of my favorite players of the entire class in versatile Washington defensive back Elijah Bolden with the 100th overall pick. What did you think of the Titans draft as a whole and which rookie do you expect to have the biggest impact right off the bat? Yeah, I think it was a solid just draft overall, a nice haul. I think the biggest impact is going to come this year from Elijah Bolden. I have him as the guy who will probably be locked in as, as the nickel corner. And he's already, you know, showing some signs as far as picking up the playbook. And he's spending a lot of time with Anthony Midget, the the DB coach. And you're just, I think he's going to have the, the biggest contribution. But, I mean, you got Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. Once all his stuff shakes out, I think he's going to have a con- contribute. And, I mean, Caleb Farley as well. You know, he, he's expected to be able to go at the start of camp. So that's yet another option. So it's a pretty stacked class. I mean, Des Patrick is, is going to be a, a good player at some point. You know, no pressure now that they got Julio Jones. So that's someone else to keep in mind. Oh, very interesting take on Elijah Molded there. And uh, like I said, Elijah Molded was one of my personal favorites of the entire class. A lot of uh, analysts had him in their top 50 or so picks, but he fell all the way to 100. Why do you think he fell so far? Was it the size? Was it the lack of athleticism? I don't know. I mean, you know, this thing, there's so many factors that go into it. And I I think it's good for him that he did fall and he ended up going to the Titans at, at 100 because it's it's the place that he wanted to go. I mean, he's told me that. And it's just, it's a really good fit for him. And his dad wanted him to go here and uh, to the Titans. So, you know, they all are, are, are pleased with, with the way the draft shook out even though he lasted too long. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Dylan Radence too, because he's working all up and down the offensive line. And I think by week four, he's going to be the starting right tackle. And uh, speaking of Dylan Radence, when it comes to him and Caleb Farley, which one of those two would you say needs to absolutely ball out for the Titans to fulfill their potential this season? I mean, I don't really think that you could pick one of them, honestly, because they need both of them. And I, I feel that both of those guys are coming in at an area that the team needs to improve. And I mean, they gutted the secondary last year uh, that was there last year and uh, offensive line wise. I mean, it all starts in the trenches. We know that. So uh, I, I, I really can't pick one or the other. You know, I, I would just have to go with option C, both of them. Oh, that's a very good answer. Two premium positions uh, that they had a big need at. They're going to need them to contribute equally as much. I totally agree. And uh, an underrated potential concern for the Titans is the departure of former offensive coordinator Arthur Smith to the Falcons, where he's obviously now the head coach. Moreover, new offensive coordinator Todd Downing's previous stint in that role, with which was, I believe, with the Raiders in 2017, was underwhelming, to say the least. How worried are you that losing Arthur Smith could prevent this Titans offense from reaching its ceiling? 
Well, fortunately for me, you know, my check's cash regardless, so I'm not <laughs> worried at all. But <laughs> if I were a Titans fan, I mean, I, I think having Julio Jones in that offense, that should really spell any possible, you know, loss or drop-off from uh, Arthur Smith to Todd Downing. I, I firmly, well, I know that Todd Downing was involved uh, a lot in, in the offensive game plan and install, and he was retained and, and promoted for continuity. So I would expect things to be very, very similar. And uh, we are about just over a month away from training camp. What are the big Titans training camp position battles for us to keep an eye on? Yeah, the backup quarterback is one I would look at with Deshaun Kaiser and Logan Woodside. That's going to be low-key a very interesting and competitive battle. I think you also have to look at the cornerback position. Once Caleb Farley is healthy, that right cornerback and nickel spot, you got some pretty good guys competing in Farley. 2020 second-round pick Christian Fulton, and as I mentioned, Elijah Molden as well as Chris Jackson. You know, you got Breon Borders in the mix, too. So there's a, a bunch of guys in the mix for time and reps. And, you know, you can never have too many D- DBs. So I think all of those guys are going to get a chance to, to stick around. Uh, yes, and speaking of Christian Fulton, who was the Titans' uh, second-round pick in 2020, do you think this is a make-or-break year for him? No, I don't think it's a make-or-break year, but I think it's a year where he could definitely – take big strides and typically guys take strides from year one to year two for him is all about staying healthy you know he missed some time in minicamp that's not to say that it was because he wasn't healthy but you know i i think that's something that you know he has to get on the field and that's that's the biggest thing he is teron davenport espn reporter for the tennessee titans you can follow him on twitter at t davenport underscore nfl teron thank you so much once again for donating your time and your amazing football mind to our program but before we let you go i want to hear some way too early predictions for you who will be the titans mvp in 2021 yeah i as you said way too early prediction i i, I mean I, it starts with with derrick henry so i'll consistently go there Derrick Henry for Titans 2021 MVP. Who will be the breakout player for the Titans in 2021? I'll say Armani Hooker. He'll continue to ascend, and he's a guy that that was the uh, he helped lead the he was the co-leader in in interceptions last year, and I think he's going to continue to ascend as he becomes a starter. Oh, very interesting. He and Kevin Byard could be a lethal safety duo in Tennessee. I'll definitely keep my eyes on that. Who will be the bounce back player for the Titans in 2021? I'm going to go with uh, Rashawn Evans. I think in year two, playing in that scheme, he'll be able to actually be the, the diagnose and destroy player that he is. So I, I think uh, Rashawn Evans, the, the middle linebacker. Uh, yes, and in a contract year two, um, he's going to need it and the Titans are going to need it. And uh, if you had to make a prediction today, what is the Titans' final 2021 regular season record, their place in the division, and their playoff seat if they make the playoffs? I think they'll be in first place in the division. I'm going to go with the number three seed, and I'm going to say 11 and six. 11 and six. Very good prediction there, Teron. And if the Titans do indeed make the playoffs as you believe they will and as I believe they will, how far do you think they go? I I mean, it is June. (laughs) So (laughs) these are very, very premature questions. I, I think they should at least make it to the divisional round of the playoffs. 
They are way too early predictions indeed, and that is a very fair prediction, Teron. Thank you so much once again, Teron. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But stay tuned because in just a few days, our Women in Sports series kicks off with my good friend Romy Bean of CBS4 Denver. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to follow Teron on Twitter at tdavenport underscore NFL and on Instagram at Teron Davenport. Some of the best NFL content you'll get anywhere. You can also follow me on Twitter at dcrom59 and on Instagram at sportscrunch with dcrom. For Teron Davenport, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome, stay safe, stay sane, and folks, all 32 NFL stadiums will be allowed to be at full capacity this fall, but if you don't want to wear a mask to the game, please get vaccinated if you haven't done so yet. Take care, cats and kittens, and stay cool. <laughs>